Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. We're glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into this week's message. But before we do, I want to encourage you to connect with us online. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, and you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and this very podcast. We want to stay connected. So another great way to do that is be our guest on a Sunday. I'd love to invite you to be here. If you're local, come out. We want to meet you, get to know you, worship with you. We'd really, really enjoy your company. And without further ado, let's jump into this week's message. Celebration Church. You guys doing okay today? Go ahead and remain standing. Just joke. You, you can sit. You can sit. You can sit. Man, it's a little cold and a little rainy outside this morning, but I swear if I see a scarf or a pumpkin spice latte, we're going to kick you out the church. You can't come back. It's too early for that stuff. Anybody already had a pumpkin spice latte? Just be honest. You've, you've had one recently. No judgment. A little bit of judgment. A little bit. Um, man, so good to be here. So good to be here. You guys look good. You guys look good. Um, first of all, I have to say that, um, and it's not cliche to do so, uh, what, what an honor it is to have pastors like Pastor Roger and Pastor Kim. Man, aren't they good? So good. Um, what I like about them is when, what you see is what you get. They're not, they're not putting on a show. They got problems just like we got problems. Um, I, I, don't, I don't need perfect pastors. I just need honest pastors. And that's exactly what they are. And if you're, if you're new to celebration, we don't need uh, perfect people at celebration. We just need some forgiven people at celebration. So if you're for, forgiven this morning, God loves you. Come on. So good. Hey, got some excitement. I got a, I got a peanut gallery next to me. And, and first service, um, it was early, so I was by myself. No family. Everybody's like, man, his wife must be mad at him. No, no. Just sleeping. Just sleeping while I'm awake. Putting in work on Labor Day. Putting in work on Labor Day. Uh, man, raise your, raise your hand if you do, like, actual labor for work. Like, you move your body, move your hands. You, like, you're on a rooftop. You're, you know, swinging a hammer. Where's my, where's my real labor people? Yeah, I like that. Okay, yeah, let's celebrate those guys. Hey. I made like 85% of the people angry. They're like, you don't know what I do. I do mental labor. Great. I'm an engineer, jerk. And, and all the ladies said, hey, I may not get a paycheck, but I got to deal with some babies every day. That's some real labor. Hey, give it up for the ladies. Come on. Holding down the fort. God is good. So good to be here. Hey, um, I've got a little bit of uh, ADHD. Anybody else like squirrel? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like some, uh, you know. So if, um, if anybody gets up during service, I'm going to tell Pastor Roger. I'm just joking. You're, you're allowed to. I'm not going to make things weird. Do what you need to do. Um, but just to keep me from having really bad ADHD, uh, I, I titled my message so I know, like, what to come back to, like, what my center is. So you want to hear the title? You want to hear this? Check it out. I made it up myself over breakfast one day. It's really good. I ran it by my wife. She's like, six out of ten. I'm like, good enough. Here we is. The title of my message is Worship in the Middle of It. Worship in the Middle of It. Go ahead and uh, tap three people this morning, starting from uh, who you most like to least like, and tell them, Worship in the Middle of It. Go ahead and tell them, Worship in the Middle of It. 
Hey, I was going to jump right into the, the meat in this second service, but I feel like second service, we're kind of like, we're in like a laughy, kind of fun, bubbly mood. So I didn't share this story in first service. So can I, can I share something just kind of weird and funny with you in, in second service? Is that okay? Cool. I, I, I like the vibes in here today. That feels very millennial to say. My, my father-in-law is in the building, and he's like, whatever you do, don't wear skinny jeans. So I, I picked the skinniest ones I got. I, they're, they're yoga pants, but they got a button, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I can, if I need to stretch, if I need to, if I really want to make a mat, I would have put on a backwards hat. That would have really got him. I thought about it, but I was like, nah, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. You can't wear a hat, you know what I'm saying? You wear a hat. Anyways, um, that's okay. God still loves you. I'll, I'll tell you a story. So I was a, I was a youth pastor for, uh, for, for like five years, and when I was when I was finished with those five years, I felt like God really, truly released me. And then um, four years later, I came back here, and uh, they needed help. So I, I jumped back into the ministry. But, but, but five years ago, I was taking some students to a, a worship conference. Anybody ever gone to, like, a worship conference? Like, you're away from church. The music's awesome. They got fog machines, you know. It's like, pfft. not only can you feel the Holy Spirit, you can kind of see it. You know, I'm not, it's, just, it's a little, it's kind of goofy. Anyways, we, we don't need all that. Anyways. Um, but we're at one of these conferences, and I had a girl in my youth group. Her name was her name was Mia. She went on to be a missionary, and man, she knew how to worship. Like if oceans came on, she'd be like instantly. Like anybody, where's my worshipers at? Do I got any worshipers in the building? Like, come on, like like I can't trust you on the highway, kind of worshipers, because like Caleb's on, and you're like. You can open your eyes and worship. Let's not be weird, right? Let's not be, but but she, she was closing her eyes, and she was going after it, and she was in the front. And, and this is the way that she told me the story. She goes, Kyle, she's like, I was worshiping, and my eyes were closed. And she's, like, prophetic and believes that God moves and speaks to her. Anybody else like that? Come on. And, um, and she said, I was worshiping. I was like, God, I want to feel you close to me right now, Jesus. And so she said she felt a physical kiss on her face. I'm like, man, and I was like, I was like hearing the story, I had the goosebumps on the, like all the goosies were happening in the story, and she goes, and I opened my eyes, and it was 16-year-old, bangs on his face, Brett, snuck up on her, this other kid, and kissed her while she's worshiping with her eyes closed. I didn't even, I didn't even know how to deal with that. 27 years old, what, do, 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 we, do you go to jail? Like, what, this is 2018, you go to jail for that, you're going to jail. But, but I went up to him, I said, hey, man, I said, hey, uh, tapped on the shoulder. And he was a little eccentric, a little different. Like, we, we bought Taco Bell at 11 a.m. It was 3 in the afternoon, and the homeboy was holding a bean and cheese Taco Bell burrito in one hand and worshiping with the other hand. <laughs> Trying to kiss people and stuff, just getting crazy. And I tapped him on the shoulder because I knew he's eating a burrito. You're not worshiping. You're looking for your next victim. And I said, hey, um, don't kiss people. I don't know. Don't kiss people. And he and he turned. He turned and looked at me, and he said, uh, "He said, I, no, I, I didn't kiss anybody. I've got a girlfriend." And I said, "Hey, Mia." He's sorry, Pastor Kyle. I'm so sorry. How many know Mia had to worship right in the middle of it? That was her crisis that day. That was a, that's a different type of crisis. And you know what? I looked over at her a little later, and she was still worshiping, but she worshiping like this. <laughs> oh God, oh God, I need you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so good, so good to hang out with the youths. Um, hey, I'll be married for 10, is it, I better get this right, 10 wonderful years next July. <laughs> Look at, she put up nine, she's like, I'm going to show you a nine, like you better get this right. Um, it's my beautiful wife over there, Brandy. We have two 
wonderful, amazing sons, uh, Bentley and Beckham. One of them was born saved. The other one, not so sure. Anybody, any other parents you have like, like I'm not saying that I have favorites, but it's like we have some magnets on the fridge and like weekly we just change it. Like it's like they know, it's not like, hey, this is our favorites. I know we love you both the same, but this week one of you is not messing up as much and you get more privileges and ice cream and stuff. You're not, listen, I had a worse childhood than the one I'm giving my kids and I turned out okay. So don't judge me. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're from uh, Northern California and um, I'm waiting for the booze. Nobody booed. We got a couple people from there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, listen, listen, listen. Yeah, thank you. That's okay. That's okay. You're going to feel so bad about that in a minute. I'm going to tell you why. Somebody who was at first service, like, that poor guy. He's going to come say sorry to me after service. Um, no, but, but when I say that to people, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're, uh, we're the good ones. We're the good ones that come from Northern California. And, and people usually respond. There's like, nothing good. <laughs> nothing good can come from Northern California. And my response is, you know, there's a, there's a group of Pharisees that told Jesus that nothing good can come from Nazareth. And how many y'all know they were dead wrong? They were dead wrong. Um, and then like 80% of you are like, did he just compare himself to Jesus? <laughs> Call Pastor Roger. He's from California. He's weird. He's telling jokes. He hasn't read one verse yet. Get that boy off the stage. Worship in the middle of it. Worship in the middle of it. Um, my wife and I, we, we moved here kind of by choice, kind of not by choice. We were involved in, um, we're from Paradise, California. And uh, I think it's been about, has it been four years? About four years, five years, it's been a while. Um, we were involved in what's called the campfire. And it was, you know, we just had the Maui fire and it's, it's just so sad and so devastating. Um, it makes all of this so much more real and so much more present in, in, in my preaching today. This is you know, still happening. And we survived, you know, one of the worst, you know, wildfires in, in, in the United States history here in, in 2018. And when I woke up that day, it, it seemed like um, it was just an ordinary day. Like, have you ever woke up and it felt like it was going to be an ordinary day, but then all hell broke loose? Like, like you started the dishwasher and you came back and you had a swimming pool type of day. Like, and we woke up that morning, I stepped out on the porch and the sunrise was on the wrong side of, wrong side of town. And what I didn't know is that there was a fire raging. It was coming, man, about a football field every two seconds coming towards us. And so if, if you're from California, wildfires is like every other day. You have a wildfire. So you're kind of like, ah, I'll put a couple odds and ends. Pack me an extra pair of underwear. You know what I mean? It's like it's not, it doesn't seem like it's all that big of a deal. And so we started to slowly pack. And one of the things I did just in, just in case, and I, I get to tease my father. I teased my father-in-law in the first service. He wasn't here. I think that's gossiping. So now I get to do it to his face. And it's way more holy that way. If you're going to say something to somebody, you tell him nicely and lo- speak the truth in love. But I'm a, okay, so, so my father-in-law, he's, he's one of those father-in-laws that um, he's very detail-oriented. And so when he comes to my house, if he notices, like, the filter needs to be changed, he'll, he'll tell me that the filter needs to be changed. He's looking out for his daughter, okay? And it's not really a problem. Like, like someday I'm going to, you know, be a father-in-law, and I'm going to pass it on to the next generation and be critical as well. And so he, uh, <laughs> love him. And so, so he, uh, he was looking up at my, at my roof before the fire happened, like a week before, and he goes, hey, man, you got to clear out those gutters. And so that was in my head while the fire's raging coming towards us. I'm like, I get up on my roof, and I'm thinking, I better blow these leaves out because if my house is the only one that burns down in this neighborhood, he's going to say it's because you didn't blow your gutters out. So I did it out of guilt. I'm, I'm blowing the fire. I had no idea how fast it was coming. Granted, it's, it's funny when you think about it now. It's so small of a thing to do. And as I'm doing it, I mean, a truck full of kids, because we were a youth pastor, 
they pull in and they show me an ember like the size of like a football. And they go, dude, this just landed in the school. The town is being evacuated. Get off your roof. Sorry, pastor. Stupid. Get off your roof. You got to go. And they started helping us pack and kind of get things together. And how many of y'all know, like, everybody acts different in, in a crisis. Like, everybody acts different. Like, some people know what to do. Other people like me just, like, do this. Like, I, I didn't know what to do, right? I was like, ah, get my skinny jeans. Ah, you know, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't know. And uh, one of the kids didn't know either. He took a propane tank out of my barbecue and threw it in my wife's car. Like, he literally invented a car bomb. Like, in the moment, he was like, let's blow it up, you know. We left that car there, luckily. But through um, all the craziness of, of that moment and just run around, I wish I would have had the idea. But one of my students stopped and said, hey, dude, let's, we should pray. We should pray. I go, oh, we don't got time. No, 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 no. We got time. Let's pray. And right in the middle of a tragedy, right in the middle of the moment, man, they, we, we, we locked up hands. And we began to say, God, protect us. God, be with us. If you're for us, nobody can be against us. We just start praying and believing God into our situation. Um, we get up the hill um, a couple days later. I want to show you guys a quick picture. Um, this is after our house is gone, the, the church is gone, the town's burned down. Many have lost their lives. And I thought it would be significant to take a photo that I could use someday. By the way, on the left side, that's, my, that's not a rat. That's, a, that's, a, that's called a dachshund. Some people call him a wiener dog. He's still alive. He's much more gordo these days than that, but that's my wiener. Like back then, he was a wiener dog. Now he's, a, I don't know, like a schnitzel. Like I don't know what you would call him. He's like a cheeseburger. I don't know. Um, but, this is, but this is like everything that we owned in that moment. That was everything that we had left. And we go, man, 54 years of, of combined life, and like that's it. And I think I had, like, a left shoe, and I forgot my skinny jeans, and I had a sleeping bag. Like, just random stuff that we brought with us. And um, in that moment, I wish that my wife and I, we, we just brought the cajon out and the acoustic guitar. We started playing worship and started, oh, God, oh, God. But, but, but we didn't. How many of y'all know that in the middle of a crisis, like the crisis you may be going through right as I'm speaking, um, it's, it's, it's hard to have a natural reflex to do this when everything around you is doing this. And so my wife and I, we took our anxiety back down the hill. We were in Trinity at the time, and we went to a, a, a borrowed church because our church was burned down. And we walked in to a worship service. This is, man, four days after the fire. Everything, and the smoke is still in the air. Everybody knows their homes are gone. They don't, they don't know that their future is certain, they don't, but, but, but they know the one who secures their future. Amen? And... Um, and I'm looking at some of the older folk in the church because we had an old church. Anybody grow up in like an Assembly of God church or like a Pentecostal church? Come on. And, and ours love them, best people ever. Hopefully this doesn't go live so they can see this and be mad at me. But our church was like 1984 and 2018. You know, the carpet was still red. We had an organ. We had the church where like... Um, you know, the, the, the pastor's wife's the only one anointed enough to play the piano and sing like nobody else is. I dare you to get on my stage kind of church, you know. Like, they love God, but, man, they have some rules, you know, about loving God. And, uh, and our music wasn't the same as this music. Like, you guys got Clark, and you got people up here singing, and it's beautiful, and it's, ah. And we have some old music. Like, I don't know if you know, like, our God is an awesome guy. Yeah, there we go, there we go, okay. It's good, it's good, but it's not like what, you, what we have today. And, and so I'm trying to get into worship, and I open my eyes, and I'm observing these men who I've judged for a long time as kind of uptight. they got to wear their suit at church, all that stuff. And, and I'm observing how they're reacting to the middle of their tragedy. You know what these men are doing? Every single one of them, husbands, daughters, people over age 65, hands in the air, 
worshiping God with everything they got. Tears down their face, worshiping God with everything they got. Not waiting for things to get better first, not waiting to see if the insurance is going to come through, but just saying, God, I know you're in this moment with me. God, I know you're still here. God, I know you're still for me. It may not look good right now, but God, you're here. You're with me. Come on. And they were worshiping God with everything they had. They had nothing, but they worshiped like they had everything. Tap somebody, say, worship in the middle of it. Come on. Oh, man. Y'all are already so louder than the first service. I like, okay. I'm an 11, 15 a.m.er. I love this. How many of y'all know that when God is all that you have, what you find is that he is everything that you ever needed and more. When everything is, is stripped away, when you're, you feel struck down and abandoned, he is all you ever needed in the first place. Uh, Philippians 4.12. I, I know some of y'all are like, finally, the, the Bible. Am I in a TED Talk or is this a Christian church? If you're thinking that and you're a weirdo, get your phone out and get ready to take a note because you're that person and that's okay. I like that kind of person. I'm not that person. I'm not as organized as you, but congratulations. All right, Philippians 4.12, here's the verse. It says, uh, man, I love this. I'm, this is Paul speaking. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Here's my favorite verse. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Come on, somebody. Hey, yeah. I can do all things with Christ who gives me strength. That's, just, that's not just a bumper sticker verse. That's not just a verse for you when, you're, when the Walmart return line is too long. That's a verse for when all hell is breaking loose in your life. And you say, Jesus is the only one who's going to give me the power to make it through this moment. Come on, I can do all things with Christ who gives me strength. All things. And I'll tell you what, as I, as I join them in this time of worship to these old songs on this stinky old carpet, wearing pajamas instead of suits, can I tell you this? You, you, you don't have to believe me. But there is a special anointing that breaks out when you worship God in the middle of it. Come on. In the middle of your marriage falling apart, you just say, God. If you're for me, nobody can be against me. Come on, in the middle of your kids acting crazy, God. Come on, there's a special anointing that breaks out. You know why? Because the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as a comforter. And he operates best when we position ourselves in a place to be comforted. Come on. And as you listen to my story, I know that man, everybody has, has a tragedy. Everybody has a crisis. Everybody has a, a moment where you feel robbed of joy and peace. And, and maybe like at the sound of my voice, you're in church today. And last service, a gal comes up to me after service, and she goes, she goes, hey, um, she goes, I, I'm going through chemo. She said, but uh, she said, uh, I'm a worship in the middle of it. <laughs> I'm a worship in the middle of it. And I just feel like in this season, like, my wife and I, as we're talking about, you know, some friends, we got back in California and, and around us, we go, man, it just seems like there's a season of robbery going on. Like, people's finances are getting robbed. Their jobs are getting robbed. Like, things just don't seem to be 
going well, like relation, kids stuff. Like there's so many things all at once that seem to be going on in this moment. And if you're here today, can I just tell you, I feel like God's going to bring some freedom and peace to your heart. That there's no mistake that you're here today. God's going to bring you freedom and peace. And, and if your arms are crossed and you're like, I'm strong, I'm a big guy, I don't, I don't need Jesus, I, I'm too strong for that. How many of y'all know that, that, that we're strongest when we're in our weakest place and we lift our hands to a Savior that's able to hold them up? And that's okay. It's okay to cry out to the Lord. I want to give you guys um, really quick, yeah, we're back to the Bible. Get excited. In Acts 16, 25 through 44, there is a phenomenal passage um, that gives believers insight on how to respond when you're in the middle of a storm, how to respond when you're in the middle of an issue. How many of y'all know that even if there's a bigger problem, this means we got a bigger God who's able to solve it. And so we go into the story of, of Paul and Silas where we get a snapshot into how believers should respond in crisis. And if you're here today and you don't know who Paul is or you don't know who Silas is, I'll, I'll give you a quick little background. Paul's name used to be Saul. And Saul was a persecutor of the church. It was his main goal. It was his main mission to find where Christians were, be a snitch, and then get them arrested, get them killed, do whatever he could to stop God's movement. But one day when he was on the road to Damascus, the Bible says that Jesus met him where he is. Aren't you thankful that you don't got to get right? You don't got to clean up your act. Jesus can meet you right in the middle of it, right in the middle of your problem, right in the middle of your addiction. He can meet you right where you are. And, and, and Paul has this Saul to Paul transformation. Instead of killing the church, he's reviving the church. Instead of stopping the church, he's moving the, the church forward. And I just feel like there's some people here where at one point in your life, you were in opposition to the church. But now you're on greet team. Now you're on worship team. Now you're a, a part of this church and God's doing something great in your life. Isn't he good? He's good. Um, so Paul and Silas, they're on their way to a, 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 a little prayer meeting, just having a normal day, just having an average day. Everything's normal. And while they're on the way preaching the gospel and doing what they do, the Bible says there's this little uh, uh, girl who's, who's, a, who's a slave but is also demon-possessed. And uh, when I was reading this passage and studying, I was reading on my phone in the dark, and I flipped the lights on because I, I thought I heard something. It's like a little, little demon. Like, like I, can, I can deal with like a full-grown possessed demon person, but we're talking about like a, like a six-year-old with pigtails demon. Like I don't, I'm not trying to play with that. Like, like driving up on a tricycle with a squeaky wheel demon. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like I was picturing this thing scary. And the Bible says as she was following, as she was following Paul and Silas, she was shouting stuff like, these are the men of God who have come to bring the word of salvation. And I could see just like Silas looking at Paul like, hey, she's saying all the right things, but she got three voices harmonizing with one another. And I'm not trying to play with a demon-possessed girl. And Paul's like, don't get distracted, Silas. We got work to do. We got to save lives. We got to preach the gospel. Uh, Paul, Paul, it's getting really bad. She's crab walking up the side of a Roman Colosseum. And she's still looking at me. And, and I could see Paul, man, he had enough. I, I don't know why he waited so long to do something. It says she was crazy for three days like this. Three days strung out on a tricycle. She didn't eat. She didn't sleep. She said, ha, ah, coming at them. And I, I, Paul finally walks up. He says, come out in the name of Jesus, you unclean spirit. Ah. And it says that she is immediately freed up from this demonic oppression. Now, check it out. That's a cool moment. That's an awesome thing. But what they didn't know on the other side of it is that her slave owners used that demonic spirit inside of her to tell 
fortunes. And that's how they made their fortune. And all of a sudden, the money was gone. And so they get angry. They get ticked off. And they go, we got to find these guys that are messing up our business. And uh, kind of a weird law. I don't know what it, what it said on the affidavit for his arrest warrant. Cast out demon of a creepy girl. You know, you're going to jail. But how many know that, that it, was a, it was a normal day going on a prayer walk? And all of a sudden, man, the Bible says that they're, they're beaten severely. They're flogged with a rod. You can imagine, man, they're bruised. They're ripped open. They're bleeding. And then they're drugged into the, the inner portion of a prison. And the Bible says that their, their legs are locked up with, with, with irons, with stocks. And if you look back in the, in the, in the Greek uh, language, it's not metal like they have loose chains where they can kind of move freely. Stocks were actually wooden stocks. And your legs were set in kind of an unco- uncomfortable kind of twist-up position. And I, I just feel like maybe that's, that's you this morning. That you, you just kind of feel stuck in whatever scenario and circumstance that you're in. That, that the world has somehow just kind of started robbing you and just twisting you up and making you feel uncomfortable. But I've came today to declare this, that God is more than able and he's the overcomer. And he's going to break you free and he's going to set you free. They're in their stocks. And, and check, check out this moment. I, I love this. How Jesus' followers respond in the middle of the crisis. Can we get that verse up really quick? Check it out. Y- y- y'all are going to love this. Um, don't, don't be too loud when I read this. Um, somebody say, but at midnight. Paul and Silas, they're praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. What were they doing in the midst of their trial? What were they doing in the midst of their circumstance? Man, they were praying and they were singing hymns and they were worshiping in the middle of it. Right smack dab in the problem. They were worshiping God. In the middle of their circumstance, Paul and Silas, who had nothing, begin to worship like they had everything. Why? Because Paul knows that worshiping God is not dependent upon his circumstances. It's dependent upon how good his God is. And God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he's always good, even in the midst of your circumstance. The Bible says the prisoners were listening. They were listening. I don't know what you're going through today. But can I tell you that there's some people around you that are listening. There's some kids at your home that are listening. And in the midst of your crisis, I can tell you what, if, if you want to really baffle the devil, if you really want to bewilder the devil, when you've been beat up, shipwrecked, knocked down, and everything seems to be going left when it should be going right, and instead of complaining, groaning, grumbling, you begin to lift up your hands and give God a worship and a shout of praise, it'll send him packing and send him running. The prisoners listen into the cell, and what they expect to hear was groaning and complaining. The wounds are still fresh. The cuts are still wide open. Their feet are, are still in stocks. And I, I, could, I could just picture Paul looking over at Silas and saying, hey, it's going to be okay, Silas. I, I, I've got the keys to this thing. I, I know how to get out. I know how to get us free from this thing. And, and Silas goes, hey, you, you got keys? Why are you holding out on me? Let's get out of this. My ankles hurt. Let's get free. And he says, no, 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 no. <laughs> he says, I know what it is to have a lot. I know what it is to have a little. I know what it is to be hungry. And I know what it is to be fed. He says, in everything, though, 
in all things, Christ, who gives me strength, is going to bring me through this. And, and here's what I'm convinced. The Bible says that when they prayed and they worshiped, it says that their shackles fell off and the doors broke wide open. But here, yeah, that's good. But here's what I'm convinced. I'm convinced that Paul was not worshiping God transactionally to try to get God to open up his mess and give him a prison break. I'm fully convinced that he was worshiping Jesus because he wanted Jesus to break into his jail cell. And if you're here today, come on, I want to encourage you. It might not be the moment that, that when you worship and you give God everything through your tragedy that God instantly heals it, although I believe that he can. Really what is happening is that you're letting Jesus break into the middle of your tragedy and give you healing and hope right in the middle of the problem. Tap somebody, say worship in the middle of it. Worship in the middle of it. Come on, is, 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 your, is your marriage kind of on the rocks today? Worship in the middle of it. Are, are, are your kids going a little wayward, going a little crazy? Worship in the middle of it. Is there some addiction that is trying to pop back up into your life and you don't know what to do? God's not mad at you. Come on, worship in the middle of it. Worship in the middle of it. I have the, the worship team come up really quick. I, I want to show you guys uh, uh, oh, that picture one more time of, of what was going on in my life in, in 2018 after, after I lost everything. I want you guys to think about your own current circumstance. What's, what's, what's the prison cell that, that you're currently sitting in? What, is it, what does it look like? Maybe, maybe it's financial. Maybe it's your health. I, I don't know what it is today, but I can tell you one thing. I know the healer, and I know that he's for you, and I know that he's not against you. I'll tell you what, when my kids um, had this happen multiple times, I got a three-year-old who's a bruiser. And what that means is he runs into walls a lot because he's crazy. He's not afraid of anything. And every now and again, since he could walk, he gets some boo-boos up on his kneecaps, gets some scrapes. And he runs up to his daddy, tears on his face. And he understands something very profound in that moment. He knows that daddy can't take away his pain. But he knows that daddy can hold him through the pain and hold him through the problem. So every single time he gets hurt, he comes up, hands lifted high. Three years old, he already understands how to worship in the middle of it. He gets it. So you're here this morning, and you've got some pain, and you've got some storm occurring in your life, whatever that may be. I'm convinced Paul just wanted Jesus not to break him out of his cell, but to break into a cell. You have no idea what's on the other side of this testing period of your life. The jailer thinks that all the prisoners are about to escape. The doors are wide open. Everybody's about to leave. No one's chained up. The jailer's by himself, and the Bible says he's about to put a sword through himself. And Paul says, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. He goes, we're, we're all here. We're all here. Every one of us, we're here. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And, and the jailer runs up, and he, he, he kneels down in front of Paul. He says, hey, he goes, man, he goes, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and you and your whole household will be saved. And that's exactly what happens. The whole family gets saved. Paul's wounds get cleaned up and healed. What if just maybe on the other side of this circumstance, when you stand in the gap in this moment that is hard and you decide to worship despite what you're going through, there's somebody else on the other side that needs to see that strength. There's somebody else on the other side that's listening that needs to feel your hope. And I, I believe in secondhand presence that when Paul and Silas began to worship when the sting of the whips were still on their back, I believe that there's secondhand presence. It wasn't just them that got free, but everybody got free. And maybe, maybe your house feels a little locked up. Things feel a little bit out of control. But maybe, just maybe, when you decide to be the man of God that God's called you to be, or the woman of God that God's called you to be, and you stand right where you are and you begin to worship in the middle of it, it's not going to be just you that gets freedom, but your whole household's about to get freedom. Everybody's getting free. Worship in the middle of it. Why don't you guys stand to your feet with me this morning, if you can, if you could. Are you feeling heavy this morning? Worship in the middle of it. Is your family struggling? Come on, worship in the middle of it. And you don't even have to wait to tell me, wait for me to tell you to do it. You could do it right now, right where you're sitting. Worship in the middle of it. Worshiping God may not change your current circumstance instantly, but it'll instantly bring the presence of God and the freedom that comes with it. Maybe you haven't felt free in a long time. You're at the right place to feel free. I'm telling you what, when I was at that service that Sunday morning, I experienced a freedom that I can't describe. God, I can't, I can't see the healing, but I know you're the healer. God, I can't see the peace, but I know that you're the Prince of Peace. God, I can't see my family coming back together, but I know you're the one that knows how to take two sides that stand opposition and make it whole again. And I, I know you're the one that can do it. And I just worship from a place of the unknowing just gave all my faith to him. Listen, the, the devil doesn't want your marriage. He don't want your finances. He don't need any of that. He wants your faith. So we're going to bewilder the enemy this morning. And right in the midst of your pain, right in the midst of your storm, right in the midst of your addiction, we're going to stand on our own two feet and we're going to say, Jesus I believe that you're greater than my current circumstance. I don't know if you're going to get me out of it but I'm gonna ask that you come into it. Come into it, Lord. I need you now. I need you with me. I wanna know that you're hopeful. Come on, Jesus. I need you. Here's what I wanna do. At that service, I was seeing um, the gray-haired people start worshiping harder before the little people started to, you know what I mean? And I think sometimes we have a young kind of hip church 
we forget about all the pillars that paved the way so we could be in a building like this. These are people who are battle-tested. These are people who've been tried. These are people who've gone through it and came out the other side more faith than they've ever had before because God showed them, I can take you through it. I can get you through the Red Sea. I can get you through Pharaoh. I can get you through any problem that's coming your way. These are people who God has done something in and through and continues to do so. So here's what I want to do. If you've got gray hair or no hair, I'm, a, I'm coming for you. I'm, a, I'm on my way you've been battle tested I want you just to kind of step out in the aisles and step up to the front I, I know it's crazy oh my gosh but listen I've been transparent this whole time crying like a baby as an adult in front of you so what's gonna happen is battle tested people go ahead and step up and I want you to fill up this area you've been through it come on you've been through some relationship problems you've been through some bankruptcies you've lost some houses you've lost You've lost some friendships, but Jesus brought you through the other side. Jesus brought you through the other side. And here's what I'm gonna ask you guys to do next. Just begin to worship all you pillars. Begin to worship. Show us what it looks like to worship God. Come on. In the middle of a storm, show us what it looks like. Come on. To expect God to move even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it. Show us what it looks like. Come on. To give him praise in this moment. Here's what I want to do next. Those of you who are currently going through a crisis, you know who you are. It doesn't have to be big to everybody. It's just big to you. And you're going through it. Whatever that might be, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith as well. Would you begin to step out? and come forward into a place of freedom where God can begin to move his presence onto your life and bring a peace to you that you've never experienced before. Come on, I'm looking for some bold people that say, you know what, I, I want some freedom. Come on, yeah, I want some freedom. I want some freedom. Are you shackled? Are, are you bound up this morning? Check it out. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Is your spirit crushed? Has fear surrounded your camp? Come on. Worship in the middle of it. Worship in the middle of it. Worship in the middle of it worship in the middle of all over this room. Could we just begin to lift our hands to the King? You, you, you've got a Father who's not ashamed of your worship. You've got a Father who's not ashamed of your problems. You've got a Father who's bigger than all your issues, bigger than all your circumstances. He says, come unto me, all who are heavy laden and burdened. He says, I will give you rest. And maybe, just maybe for the first time in months, you're feeling rest. Jesus, come and do only what you can do. And begin to give him worship. Take that moment, take that issue, take that problem, and bring it before a king who knows how to take away the problems. Jesus, we believe in you. And God, I just pray right now, and I just declare that you are healer, that you are good, and that you can do anything. 
that anything is possible with God, but I also believe that you are the one who will bring peace and freedom right in the midst of turmoil, right in the midst of divorce papers. Right in the midst of that bill not being paid, he's coming into that situation to bring you peace and to break you free. Let's just begin to worship church. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. We love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.